0: Hello, you're listening to season two of the Achieve With Me podcast. I am your host, Rachel Gilfren, and I'll be spending the next few minutes chatting to you about what achieving, winning, and success mean to you. As a life coach specializing in confidence and career progression, I am a strong believer that success is very closely linked to having a positive mindset. I'll be sharing my own highs and lows from my past corporate career in IT sales, and sharing some really valuable tips and techniques to help you to get ahead in your career. To help you to get these implemented today, you can catch the written episode on my blog, which is at www.rachelharrietcoaching.co.uk. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello and welcome to season two of the Achieve with Me podcast. Now, today we have our very first interview episode of the season, and I am delighted to welcome our guest today. Now, just a side note, across the season, I will be bringing you a selection of guests who will be able to share their skills and their experience with you to enhance both your working world and also your personal lives. It's going to be so, so valuable. Now, the theme of today's episode is all around productivity. If you're feeling like you're in a bit of a slump at the moment, today's episode should help you to feel re-energized and give you the practical skills you can utilize to ensure that you're really maximizing that productivity and getting shit done. Now, today, as I mentioned, we have the lovely Nicole Dupuis. Nicole, thank you so much for attending today. I'd love it if you could begin by just introducing yourself to the listeners and explaining a bit more about what you do. Sure.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um, So my name is Nicole. I'm a productivity coach. I work. I have my own coaching business, but I also work at a financial firm in New York City. Uh, I've been a coach for about over six years now, uh, six and a half years. And what I really focus on uh, especially with women and female entrepreneurs, female um, colleagues, is taking ownership of their day, of their schedule, battling stress, battling brain fog and fatigue, and just feeling overall a better mindset, and more positive about tackling things throughout their day and, and feeling accomplished at the end of their day.
0: Wow, that is such a great introduction. There's so many things that I wrote down then because I thought, yeah, that's so important. I mean, the first thing being from a productivity perspective is taking the ownership around making sure that you get the most out of that day. Now, I um, did an episode last season, which was all about motivation and perfectionism. And that for me, was something that I really battled with, um, as an entrepreneur working alone. And so I know that since we have all been working separately at home rather than in the office, taking that ownership to get yourself going has become a lot more of an issue. And is this something that you're finding with a lot of your clients and and the people that you're working with? Yes, a
1: hundred percent. Uh, basically when the pandemic happened, you have external and internal motivators. Internal motivators are like things within you that get you pumped and excited to do the work and to do things and to be ambitious. External motivators are usually what you think of. Things like a recognition trip, a bonus, uh, a family vacation, a gift, even just a night out at a nice restaurant. And suddenly... All those things are gone and you're just stuck with your internal motivators. And I think a lot of people were like, I don't have any. So they really, you know, those that wanted to do the work really had to think within themselves and say, okay, what motivates me when all of those other things are gone? So that's a lot of, you know, what we're doing too is looking inside what motivates you when you don't have that recognition trip, when you're not getting that bonus this year, you know, what works for you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think even you just going through that will help people to realize and almost kind of give themselves a bit of a break almost when they think back to the last year or so and think about, you know, perhaps I haven't been as productive. Just understanding the reasons behind that is so, so helpful. So great start. And thank you so much for sharing that. Um so I know that when we were talking previously, you mentioned that you know you had come from a background with quite a male-dominated team. Um, can you talk a bit more about how this, how you found this experience, and how this has sort of specifically led you to work with women? Sure. So,
1: and I'm sure as a, a fellow life coach as well, you you may have heard heard some of this in the past that a lot of times coaching is this fuzzy, fluffy, soft unicorns and rainbows thing that no one really understands. And I think with men, it's okay. I just need to get this much income in. I need to get this project done. Like we'll deal with the fluffy stuff later. And I think my biggest battle has been, you need the fluffy stuff to get to that income, to get to that project being completed. Um, it's it's as important. So that's been the biggest struggle. And I think women have been more open to it. Like, I just feel like women will try anything. Like, yes, I, you want me to write 30 pages on why I'm great? Sure. I just need a notebook and a pen. I'm ready to go. And I think men need that show me where it's worked in the past, show me how it's directly connected to my bottom line, whereas women are, let's just go. I'm willing to
0: experiment. Yeah. So that sort of blend of masculine and feminine characteristics and a lot of the time women, or or, or sort of the feminine characteristics, sorry, we work from is um, intuition. And Mm. I totally agree with you when you say that so often people say there's all the fluffy stuff and then there's the fundamental tangible actions that need to be taken but actually it's made up so much more of a a bigger blend of things and in order for us to actually move forward you know sustainably and grow sustainably it really needs to be the right blend of everything so I think it's really important work that you're doing so one of the things that you kind of mentioned at the beginning is really looking at kind of getting out of that brain fog and that fatigue And I can totally resonate with this because as I mentioned, it's something that I've personally struggled with. Despite being somebody who's so ambitious and so driven to get things done, it seems like a polar opposite sometimes when I think about my intentions versus how I actually feel. And that can be really frustrating. And I know that some of my listeners also have this problem. So are there any specific things that you can do to kind of snap you out of that brain fog, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I I just want to recognize that I feel like most people who are really driven, ambitious, full of intention individuals are that much harder on themselves when they have a day, a morning, an afternoon, even a week sometimes where it's just not really clicking for them. Um, I know I mentioned too, I was on vacation last week. So this week has been one of those weeks where I'm getting up early, but it's taking a longer time to go from I'm waking up and having coffee to I'm ready to seize the day. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. So step one is it's okay to have days, mornings, even weeks once in a while where it's just not clicking. I think you have to take baby steps in those times to just do small things, um, which leads me to another thing that helps with with kind of getting out of the brain fog is, is just figuring out what do I need to do and what takes the least amount of brain power? Because we all have our to-do lists and we have those things that we need to really think, we need to think creatively, we need to put energy into, we need to brainstorm. If you're having a day or a moment or a morning where it's just not really clicking, what are the things that you don't need that? What are things that you can almost be on auto- autopilot for and just kind of check the box? And in doing those tasks that are easy to get done, you start to get into this mode of, oh, I'm being productive. I got these things done. And it's almost like you're kidding yourself into I am motivated. I am driven. Look at all that I've done. And then you can maybe start to kick into the harder, more creative brainstorming, higher brain focused things.
0: Okay. So it's all about, Just doing the small things, not trying to worry too much about conquering the biggest thing on your list, but just beginning and kind of, I suppose, getting that momentum really, isn't it? Just starting something so that you can start to feel like, right, I'm achieving something here.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel, you know, not only are we hard on ourselves because we're not motivated, but okay, I'm not motivated. Therefore, I'm not going to get this done today. And therefore I'm a failure. Like we just go right through the list of this means, this means this. And really what it can be is I'm not really motivated. I'm going to get some stuff done. And maybe, you know, another thing that you can do is assign those bigger energy tasks for later on the afternoon put some time on your calendar maybe it's a tomorrow task maybe it's in two days so you're just reallocating the things you need to do rather than saying I have to do it all I have to do it all right now and the fact that I'm not energized is means I'm a failure
0: yeah because when you feel like that you're just not likely to do anything after that so it can be quite a vicious cycle can't it yeah, I mean, it, I think
1: the biggest danger is you have to try. So I think, you know, even though you do want to be gentle with yourself and allow yourself to be like, you know what, today's just not the day where I'm going to kill all my tasks and, you know, get everything done and be that superwoman I want to be. Mm. But I'm going to get some stuff done. And, you know, then by the end of the day, you may be closer to that superwoman that you'd like to be than you were when you start out. And I think the danger is just, you can't fully give in. you got to give it a shot. Um, and that can come with just doing those small digestible things um, hmm.
0: early on in the day too. This is probably going to sound like quite a strange question, but I was actually having Love it. <laughs> a conversation with um, some of my corporate clients recently. And we were talking about how motivation and productivity varies significantly depending on where you are in your cycle. Now, obviously working with women specifically, you know, is there any work or kind of patterns that you've noticed around this that you could share?
1: Yeah. So I have noticed that. And I think, I think with that, and with any type of, like, you have to know yourself. So you have to know how you react to things. This comes up with diet too. Um, you know, if you know that if you eat two pieces of cake at night, you're going to be slow to get going in the morning. You you just have to own that. That doesn't mean you're not going to eat two pieces of cake, but that means you you know the outcome, you know how you're going to react. So you adjust accordingly. So I think when it comes to your cycle i think a lot of women don't want to give that attention so they they kind of disregard it i think there's a kind of a stereotype around well i'm just going to be bitchy and angry and eat a lot and it's okay to lie around and and do nothing that's the stereotype but in reality it's i'm i'm coming into this stage of the cycle and i know i'm going to be a little bit slower to get started in the morning. Or I know in the beginning of um, my menstrual cycle, I'm going to um, need a little bit more snacks during the day without feeling you know, hungry or, or, or irritated. So getting ahead of those things and knowing, okay, so I have this big presentation, I'm not gonna do it. The morning of these two days, or I am gonna bring some extra healthy snacks for me during this week so that when I start to get hungry in the afternoon, because I know I will, I have stuff with me. So it's really being prepared and knowing yourself so that you can act accordingly. And it's it's a lot of it about being productive is owning, you know, taking ownership of these things. Yeah. So just taking ownership of you know what's what's to come and then you feel the impact less you feel in control of it you feel ready for it which in turn makes you feel less of the brain fog and the failure person and more of i got this i can tackle anything superwoman who we all want to be
0: yeah definitely because if you know your energy is going to be low it's actually such a good job to kind of plan tasks in that you can batch ahead of time that might require a bit more energy perhaps so yeah I definitely think that's an interesting one and it's something that I've only really started looking at in the last year and by making sure that you know I'm selective about things that I do around a certain time rather than just kind of ignoring it and not tracking that it's made the productivity a lot easier so no I'm glad you agree with that so in terms of productivity tips then because I know that you focus quite a lot around um, the practical skills that you can look to implement and we love a structure here so it's (laughs) so useful if you could share sort of you know your top three or your top five tips that people can really start to look at implementing into their daily schedules to provide a bit more of that structure to make sure they can maximize the productivity
1: sure Um, so one of the tips is definitely having some sort of morning routine. Um, and I feel like this is another topic that sometimes when I'm telling someone this, you know, eyes glaze over, I don't have time for a morning routine. Um, but I mean, a morning routine can be five minutes. It can be 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be this, you know, 45 minute meditation, 30 minutes of yoga, you know, liter of green juice routine. Um, but picking something, you know, highlighting what gets you energized. This can be work related. This can be a mix of work and personal things. It can be reading, journaling, meditation, working out. Um, but I also say, you know, I joke with people, it can be watching reality TV for 10 minutes. It can be something that I don't mind if I do. boosts you for <laughs> the day. Yes, exactly. Um, and just fitting that in, um, so, you know, maybe starting small if you don't already have a morning routine, but a lot of um, women that I work with, I'm, I'm kind of designing that routine for them and helping them define like what would be best in that and how much time to allocate. The second piece that kind of goes with that is really setting timers on certain things. So I think a lot of times, you know, having come back from being away for, for vacation for a week, I knew I'd have a lot of emails piled up because I told myself, you know, no checking emails while on vacation. So I knew there would be a pile up. So when I woke up Monday morning, I set a timer. You're going to look at emails for 20 minutes and then you're going to switch tasks for 10 minutes and then you can go back to emails for another period of time. And I actually go on my phone into the timer and set a 20 minute timer. So certain things that, you know, again, knowing yourself, taking ownership, things that you get lost in and before, you know, it, two hours have flown by and you feel like you've got nothing done, setting timers for those tasks can really keep you focused. Even just knowing you've set a timer kind of makes you feel like you have to keep on task. You know, if you're seeing, oh, I only have five minutes. Okay. I'm not checking social media. I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah. Um, so that's really helpful. And um, one of the things actually that I love that you mentioned in one of your um, episodes about being fearless was an accountability partner, which is so, so important. And I love that. And I think just taking it to, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be an accountability partner where you're checking in every day, but just sharing goals with someone being outspoken about certain things. So if you're trying to You know, in August, work out three days a week. Just tell someone, tell someone in your life, I'm going to try to work out three days a week in August. Because the worst thing that's going to happen is absolutely nothing. You're still on your own internal motivators to get to the gym three days a week. But the best case scenario is that person is someone in your life that can help motivate you, ask you about it. Hey, you know, it was week one of August. How'd you do? Or, oh, great. I've been trying to get to the gym too. Let's go together. Or, oh, what are you going to do? You know, I would love to hear your suggestions on what workouts to do. So suddenly you're on the hook to actually work out to be able to tell them how that went. So just really sharing whatever goals or things that you're trying to focus on can be really powerful, even if you're not getting that accountability piece back from the other person. Um, so that's, that's a, a really helpful tip that I'm glad uh, you touched on. And the last thing I'll say is... Um, you know, kind of going into this brain fog pieces, we all have, I read uh, an article a few months ago that um, our brains can really only focus on something for about three hours at a time. After we kind of reach that three hour block, we start to start to get a little bit foggy, not able to focus as much. Maybe we're not thinking as creatively and we're all different. So like I'm a morning person, haven't always been, but I am now. Some people are, you know, this girl that I was talking to, she is studying for an exam from 9 p.m. to midnight. And I'm in bed from 9 p.m. to midnight. So I don't know how that works for her, but it works for her. So figuring out when you're at your best to think creatively, to brainstorm, to do your best work, and adjusting your calendar accordingly so that, you know, big meetings, big presentations... Um, workshops with your colleagues, those should be during those high power brain times if you have that flexibility with your schedule and moving other things to, you know, maybe like for me, the afternoon is where I'm, I'm less, you know, on top of my game. So that's when I'm going to answer maybe some emails that have piled up or, you know, fill out some, you know, write my spreadsheets or create my to-do list for the next day. So just knowing yourself and adjusting your schedule so that you're you're at your best for the things that are most important.
0: Yeah, so many good tips there. Thank you. I think um, I love what you were saying about the three hour sort of increments that you can concentrate on. And it got me thinking about, about the average working week, I suppose, and the amount of time we spend in the office. And um, because I, I saw, I think it was Iceland that were trialing the Four day week at the moment, and had said that it had been hugely yeah. successful in terms of promoting more productivity. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I I think it's amazing. I think it's very.
1: It's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that every single person in almost every industry is expected to fit into a nine to five, Monday to Friday block. It's just unrealistic that everyone can work and get things done in those same timeframes. So I think a four day week is amazing. And I think people, even if they're working five days, you know, you still, depending on the flexibility you have with your schedule, you can still move things around so that, you know, again, the bulk of your tasks and the important things that are happening are maybe in Monday through Thursday. And you're saving Fridays for like your catch-up day, your email day, your lunch with colleagues day, um, your workshop and brainstorming day, whatever it is that you can kind of move to the side. um, That's really important. Like for me, I'm I'm a morning person. So I can start working at 5.30 a.m and I'll do good work. That's what, <laughs> not for everyone, clearly. You can't see, um, but I just is a really
0: horrified face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, but I mean, I can't, I would never expect, you know, my whole team to, you know, start coaching clients at, you know, 6am, it just doesn't work for everyone, but figuring out what works for you. And I think companies need to be flexible with that. you know uh, I was suggesting to a lot of women who are going back into the office, you know have an honest conversation with your, your boss or supervisor that you would like to test drive, X schedule, whatever it looks like, whether it's a hybrid of going into the office staying home, whether it's you start earlier, you know end earlier, you start later, work later, whatever you've discovered about yourself during this time because it's been a very reflective time you know, propose that. Say, I'd like to try this out for a trial period and we'll see what the results are at the end. And, you know, hoping that that's an honest presentation of you want to do your best and you figured out what might work best and seeing, you know, how your, your supervising boss responds to that.
0: Yeah, that's so true because I think quite often we're frightened to ask for any kind of flexibility around what we want to do because we fear that the perception will be that we're not ambitious and we're not wanting to move forward and we're not wanting to go over and above. But actually, believe it or not, you know, cultures are changing within businesses and you're absolutely right in that, you know, actually being proactive enough to acknowledge that a certain schedule might not be working for you, um, you know, is definitely something that will be welcomed. Um, I love what you said about how Everybody, no matter what their role is, is expected to work the same amount of hours. Because when you think about that, if you're looking at somebody who is in a finance role and they're looking at numbers all day long, you know, that's going to be specifically draining for that. Then if you're looking at somebody who's um, in an interpersonal relationship building role, they're going to be needing to be energetic and, you know, charismatic all day towards people and as you rightly say you know you're great in the morning I'm not so much you now how on earth can we all be expected to be our best version of ourselves at all points during the day so I think you know if you are in a role like most of us are where it's a five day a week role and you don't feel like you've got that much flexibility at the moment have a think about the bits that you are in control of because it's very easy to look at it and say oh well you know my boss won't let me do that and we don't have any flexibility, but there's some elements of that that you are in control of. So really start with having a look at how we can make things work for you in the first instance. And then as Nicole said, you know, consider having that conversation because you don't ask, you don't get,
1: right? (laughs) I'm so glad you mentioned the word proactive because I think that changes the perception because what we think Is going to happen when we present to our boss, hey, I'd like to work this type of schedule or that is our boss receives it as, okay, so you basically want to slack off at this time and you want to go to the grocery store at this time and you basically want to live your best life without doing much work. And when you are proactive about it and you say, you know, I've been looking at my schedule, I've noticed that I'm able to do A, B, and C better in the mornings, or I can get X accomplished from home, but I really need to be in the office on this day for, you know, this assignment and this assignment. I really want to try this because I feel like I will get A, B, and C results. That's a totally different conversation. That's, I found some holes. I figured out some solutions. I'd like to test them out with your okay. And that's received differently by a supervisor or a boss than, you know, I would just like to to go home two hours
0: early every day. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so is. And when you think of the amount of skills that you're actually showing by having that conversation, you know, there's a lot of leadership traits, there's problem solving, there's, you know, I mean, goodness me, I'd much rather have that sort of conversation with somebody. So, yeah, I think it's definitely thinking about how how you can put it across as a, as a shared benefit for both parties. And sometimes, even though we know there's a shared benefit for both parties, we can't really find the right way to articulate that. So, just plan it out, you know, write down exactly, you know, how you want to say this message and and convey it in a way that shows that the best interests are always at heart. So yeah, I think that's a great point. And one thing I wanted to mention is surrounding mindset and productivity, because, you know, one of the pillars of Achieve With Me is mindset. And I I talk a lot with my one-to-one clients about this. And, you know, I'm a big believer in that, mindset affects productivity and motivation hugely. And in fact, it is, you know, the driver for it. And I'd just love to hear, you know, your views on how you see the impact occurring and just see if there's any particular mindset strategies um, that you ask your clients to to use and work into their routine.
1: Yeah. Mindset's such a big piece of of productivity and, and going into your day to be productive. And, and I think that starts, one of the ways it starts is with a morning routine, you know, setting up yourself because you need to have your mindset, however you want it before the outside world comes in to destroy it. Right. Cause you need to figure out how you want to show up before you check social media, before you see the angry email from your coworkers, um, before you see the text from your frustrated spouse, you know, whatever it is, you need to know okay, how am I going to respond to these things? Because that's what you can control. So, a big part of creating a morning routine is serving you before you serve others and figuring out okay, today could be crazy, today could be awesome, but I'm going to show up this way. And I think the reality is, and I think sometimes when I say that people are like, that's easy for you to say, or, you know, that's great on some days, but not other days. Yeah. You're going to have days where you do everything you can to show up as a positive, productive person and it doesn't happen and that's okay. But to always go into the day prepared to... Uh, to kind of battle, I'm going to protect this as best I can. And knowing some days it's not going to happen, and that's okay. But most days, you'll probably be able to hold on to that. So it's really setting your mindset up in your morning routine. I would even go a step further in looking at the pre the the prior day, because um, when you think about things like working out, and that's such a hard thing for people to get up and go do really setting that up the day before I'm going to get up tomorrow at 7am and go to that 730 yoga class. You know, if you start telling yourself that the day before, um, that's, that's really setting yourself up to be prepared to do that and be in that mindset before it even becomes a test, uh, for you. And the other thing that, um, I read in, in the book atomic habits was, you know, you have to tell yourself you're in a positive mindset. So we, you know, if you want to be someone who reads a lot, instead of saying, I want to be a reader, I'm a reader, you know, don't say it as this, I'm working towards, I want to work out tomorrow. I'm working out this week. I'm where I'm going to yoga tomorrow. Not. I really want to go to yoga tomorrow. Yeah. And you're kind of, you know, switching your brain to be in a mindset of I'm doing this, not I
0: want to. I am. I I I totally embodied that. Changing it at an identity level. Um yeah, I just you know what it's so funny you mentioned that because I'm just reading Atomic Habits. I think I'm on chapter five. Um guys, I'll link it in the show notes. It's a fantastic book. Um, James Clear. So good. And there is just So many things that you can just learn and start to implement straight away. Um, So definitely recommend that. Um, Love so much of what you said, Nicole, and especially going back to the first thing you said, and I just want to reiterate it because it sounds so simple, but it's something that people miss. How do you want to show up today? If you've got an important meeting, do you want to go in there feeling confident? Okay, if you don't feel like that now when you wake up, How do you expect to suddenly jump into that mode by then? There's certain things that we can do to prime ourselves and to make sure that we can get to that mindset that we want to. But what happens is mindset is a product of a lot of different things that have happened in the past. So that past could have been the day before, it could be a year before. But when Nicole was talking about making sure that your yesterday has contributed well to the feeling that you want to have on the next day, that's so, so important. So really anticipating. I'm not just looking at your week as, you know, each individual day, thinking about how you can support what you're doing day on day by the activities that you, you build into your life. And the, the other thing to kind of add to that is that mindset is a choice and we can all look to control this and find out different tips and techniques that we can use to start to, almost trigger us into a more positive mindset day on day so yeah I think that was really really helpful and I definitely feel like once you can eat if the, if the first thing you could do if you could do anything is just become mindful of how you're feeling at any one time because that helps you to realize the ripple effect that that feeling's then going to have on the subsequent behavior you'll have in a situation after that definitely it's
1: It's being able to, it's a lot about self-talk. It's I'm telling myself these positive things. Like it's very easy to have a meeting that doesn't go as you would like and just give into that. Well, I stink. I'm not good at this. I, I ruined that relationship. The rest of the day is going to be awful. And the key is, and I have to work at this as well, is catching yourself. Okay. You had a bad meeting, Nicole, but you did X, Y, and Z before that meeting happened. And those were great things. You have this other meeting coming up. What can you do differently in this next meeting to kind of bring you back from that? And, and sometimes a lot of uh, my morning routines involve journaling. A lot of times, not because it's, it's soothing or relaxing, but it's almost like coaching myself. I can write down all these negative feelings and then I can kind of almost write back to myself you're being a little negative, Nicole. This self-talk isn't useful. You're forgetting that you did this, this, and this before that, you know, negative experience occurred. Let's get back to that person. And, you know, to be able to talk to yourself in a positive way, um, brings you closer again to that superwoman and further away from, from the brain fog, unmotivated individual.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love journaling. And, um, whenever I speak to people about it, they all kind of think it's a bit woo-woo and a bit kind of, you know. It's fluffed, woo. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a fluff. <laughs> it just unravels your thoughts into something that makes a lot more sense because let's face it, quite often we have some thoughts that just aren't true. They're just not true and all these limiting beliefs pop up and we really need to talk ourselves through that. And I love that you do that because I think that it's one of the marks of you know, somebody who's successful because somebody that's proactive enough to recognise that you want to start your day with your mind in a really functional state um, It's just so beneficial to making sure that you do. You know, you do go after your goals and you do achieve success. And um, so that's great to hear. I, I'm quite a fan of um, various different journal prompts, but actually, whilst I give them to my clients, I tend to kind of just start and write what I want to achieve in the day and see what comes up Um, I know that people have different things that work for them in terms of journaling do you have any specific prompts that you use at all so because I have really started to make journaling
1: part of my morning routine I have found myself actually thinking the night before what I'm going to write about but usually and it, it comes from something that's kind of sitting in the back of my mind like it's it's something that's going on and I'm thinking about and I'm mulling over as I'm going through my day so I usually start I don't know if you ever saw the movie Finding Forrester but um Sean Connery's character is this you know this this old author that is helping this student who actually has a potential to be an amazing author and is trying to encourage him and he there's this scene where he's just like punch the keys and it's just like, right. Like it doesn't matter how good it is. Uh It doesn't matter what it's about. Just start. Um, So I feel like that I don't use journal prompts because I just, I just go, Mm. I just start. And sometimes it's nonsense and each paragraph is about something completely different. And sometimes I come to really great realizations about my mood that day or why something's bothering me or why a comment someone made made me really happy or made me really sad. Um, And those are the really valuable sessions because I I think people have this idea of journaling that it's, it's writing, it's something I should be able to show to someone. Mm -hmm. And that's not what journaling is. It's, it's, you know, literal, you know, writing version of therapy, you know, you, it can be whatever you want. And it can certainly be something you share with someone, but that's really not the intention.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I thought anybody was going to read what I'd written, there would be no chance I'd be writing anything down. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just uh, just I think making sure that, you know, you're writing it for you, not for anyone else. So, yeah, that's marvellous. Well, one thing I wanted to ask as well was around career progression so a lot of my listeners are really keen to get ahead in their careers and obviously a lot of the tips that you've given will really help them to shape their day so that's been marvelous but in terms of being more productive I wanted to ask if you've seen any specific links between women who are implementing these skills and becoming more productive being recognized within their organization as somebody who should be in line for a next promotion so I, I definitely have, but part
1: of it is going to be something that a lot of people are uncomfortable with. And it's the idea that you have to toot your horn a little bit. You mm-hmm. do have to bring attention. This is hard for women. Bring attention to your successes, your wins, things that go well. Um, and it's so hard. Like It's hard for me. So I, I totally get it. But you know, one of the things I recommend is, you know, if you have a great conversation with someone, you have someone write you a great email back after a conversation that you've had, forward it to your boss, forward it to your supervisor, forward it to one of your colleagues, you um, you know, and you can present it in a way that just, you know, I just want to keep you in the loop. I just want you to know we had a great conversation or, you know, you had mentioned trying this, I did, and it created great results, you know, see, see below, see the forwarded email below. And, you know, it's, it's showing that you're working hard. It's showing that you're um, progressing, But it's also, you know, subtly saying, I'm, I'm rocking this, you know, I just want you to know that I'm, I'm rocking and it's way easier for men to toot their horn than it is, is for women. So that's like, step one is being comfortable being uncomfortable. So being comfortable with really saying, you know, I had this amazing thing happen yesterday, and I just wanted to share. Um, So that's, that's the the biggest piece i would say the other thing and we've touched on this a lot is this concept of being proactive you know providing solutions um not problems so i mean so often you hear in the corporate world you know this happened yesterday and i'm just really frustrated and you know we're not working together well and and i don't know what to do and i just feel like you should know blah 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 Mm -hmm. but a better way to do that is to, you know, Hey, I had this meeting yesterday. I feel like we're not communicating well. These are my three thoughts. Let me know what you think. So you've done the work. You've, you've claimed the problem. You've provided ideas. You've also are open to feedback. Let me know your thoughts. Um, But always coming with solutions, always showing I've done the work before showing this to you. So, if if you're good with it, we can just keep moving forward. You know, asking for forgiveness, not permission, is is a big thing for me.
0: Yeah, so much I love there. Um, definitely about choosing your own home because one of the things that um I actually cover off quite a bit in my corporate program is about communication skills and self advocacy is the number one thing that we all shrink away from, and it's got to happen and. Do you know what? If you're not doing it, somebody else is. 100 percent So whether you feel awkward about it or not, if there's one thing that you have to pick to get uncomfortable, being uncomfortable, as Nicole said, it's this. You know, and the absolute worst case scenario is, you know, your boss might say, Oh, you've sent you've sent me quite a few of these. Great to see you're doing well. You don't need to share them each time, or something like that. In that case, Keep them for yourself. Keep them in your own little brag file that if you're having a bad day, you can look back through them and remind yourself. But that way as well, you can also take them with you to your next quarterly review with your boss if they don't want to see them that regularly, you know, just in case they want to see. So 100% get on board with self-advocacy. And the second thing I loved is when you said, claim that problem, I've written that down. And the reason I love that so much is because During my corporate career, I spent so long fearing, you know, if something went wrong, that it would be brought up and I was going to get in trouble. And the only way I got past this constant anxiety about things going wrong was when something did go a little bit wrong, I'd be the first person to say it. I wouldn't let anybody discover it and come to me with it. I'd be the first person to make it known what had occurred and say these are the ways that I see we can get past this. I'd love to see what your preferred route is. So really claiming the problem and taking control of the you know the solution behind that problem again shows a lot of leadership skills but it also stops you from sitting there hoping Someone's not going to discover it or you're not going to get in trouble. And, you know, it's just a really proactive way of making sure that you're seen as somebody who wants to solve things. Yes, that it's so,
1: I'm so glad you brought up your experience because that's something I learned in the corporate world. Probably one of the first big things I learned just working in the corporate world is it's because. No one owns their problems. No one owns their mistakes. And mistakes show that you tried. Mistakes show that you went out on a limb, that you attempted, that you, you're experimenting, that you're willing to take risks. So, I mean, failure is the best learning opportunity and owning your failure shows that you're willing to fail again. You know, you're willing to try, that you can take on more responsibility. So, you know, one of the things I say probably once a day in some interaction is based on this one thing I can do better is, and just figure out something that I can own to to do better because I want to be improving. So I mean that's a, a huge thing is just owning a mistake, uh, a problem, an issue that arose. And again, proactive. This happened. This was the result. We're not happy with the with the results you know, I have A, B, and C thought about next steps, you know, always kind of moving forward with it, showing that you learn from that, from that hiccup.
0: Yeah, definitely. So what was it that you say, based on this, this is one thing I can improve? Yeah, this is one thing that I can do better. One thing you can do better. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Again, guys, would you not rather be the one to say that rather than somebody saying to you, I think you need to improve on this? Is it not better that you are the ones to kind of reflect on things and put it out there to show that you are comfortable growing and moving forward rather than sitting there waiting for somebody else to say it to you? Because I know which one I'd prefer.
1: Good point. (laughs)
0: love it right well it's been absolutely marvelous it's there's been so much value from this episode so i'm so so grateful that you've come on nicole is there any one final thing that you would say to any women who are looking to get ahead in their career to really kind of start to bolster that productivity in day-to-day
1: i would say the one thing i'll leave all the amazing women out there with is you have to take time out of your business to work on your business you need to take time out of your day-to-day to work on yourself. so I've heard them refer to as like seasonal breaks, clarity breaks, um, quarterly check-ins but you know taking a half day a full day a few hours once a month once a quarter to really check in with what am I trying to accomplish? how far am I from doing that? what are the next steps what do I need to prioritize? how do I feel about things? how am I showing up? and just checking in with yourself. And that can be both personal and professional. You know, when I do it, I, it's definitely a combination. So, so definitely take time to look at what's serving you. What do you need to improve on? What's going well? How can you hone your skills? All that good stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's so valuable to make sure that you're always checking in because, What you often don't find is that you're actually really, you might not have hit a goal, but you're actually really close to it. You just haven't looked at what has been working. You've been focusing on what hasn't. So, by really being honest with yourself about where you are with things, helps you to progress quicker because. You're able to identify the areas that actually need work rather than dismissing everything or writing everything off. So I absolutely love that. Well, Nicole, I'd love to let my listeners know where they can find you in the online space. Would you be able to share um, any Instagram accounts, any website that you have so they can continue to follow you? Sure. So I am heavily on Instagram.
1: Um, My handle is at findclarityhere. Uh, constantly posting on there. You can also message me there and set up a um, one-on-one as well with my link in bio.
0: Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn as just Nicole Dupuis. Okay. Well, what I'll do is I'll link all that up in the show notes. So if anybody is looking for any specific productivity coaching and they just want to get some advice on this, that would be marvelous for you to reach out. Nicole, thank you so, so much again for attending and do keep in touch. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you so much for listening to season two of the Achieve With Me podcast. I'm so grateful that you've joined us today. If you like what you heard, please do leave a rating and a review. It really helps other people to find the podcast and start to look at implementing the tips we're sharing today. Remember, if there's anybody you think this podcast could resonate with, please do pop it over to them so they can experience it too. Thank you so much. Have a great day.